0: In terms of that valuing valuing women in traditionally male-dominated industries, I think it's quite interesting because the inequity and the gender pay gap particularly starts from the moment they're employed. So Engineers Australia has a report that shows in the top three industries that employ engineers, the national pay gap for professionals is in favour of men of up to 22%. According to the Law Council of Australia, female barristers received just 20% of the overall briefing fee value, despite receiving 27% of the overall numbers of briefs. So men received 2.7 more briefs than women, but were paid four times more for that work. Uh, The pay gap between barristers and solicitors, the gender pay gap is 26%. Um, across both barristers and solicitors, but you mentioned about accounting and I think there is an irony in this that we know that in financial services there is one of the largest pay gaps between men and women Uh, and women employed full-time in the financial and insurances services sector can expect to earn on average $50,000 per year less than men. So it is the biggest pay gap. And yes, we're talking about financial services and you would assume that people working in financial services know the stuff about money. So uh, the idea that women just need to make better choices about higher paid careers in order to be paid more is erroneous. And in fact, I think this statistic is quite scary. The Graduate Outcomes Survey is a longitudinal study. It's been measured for years and years and years. The current, the most recent one says that the gender pay gap across all graduate occupations is currently 6.8% in favour of men. But the scary thing is that's worse than what it was in 2019. So the gap has more than doubled between men and women over the past four years in graduate. Pay. So you can go to the same university, do the same course and graduate with the same qualifications. But in in 2019, a recent graduate, if you were a man, you would be paid on average $2,400 more than a woman on graduation. It is currently five uh, five $5,700 pay gap from the moment you graduate. We're talking about same qualifications, same universities, same occupations. There is a an over average $5,700 gender pay gap wow. across all industries. <laughs> and we actually have more women graduating from higher education institutions and receiving the same education, yet they're undervalued from the moment that they graduate. And I think that's a very telling statistic. You can study... The STEM, you can study the finance, you can study the law, you can study anything, and yet when you graduate, your value you bring will not be recognized to the same level. And tying into that... I know that some people will say the reason that women graduates receive lower incomes is because they can't negotiate salaries. <laughs> and the argument is, oh, this gets said a lot that women are poor negotiators, yes, we they don't do ask say for that. pay rises. So it's our fault that we get paid less. And yet, mm. there's been research and one of them was done um in 2017 it involved 4600 Australian workers. The report was titled, Do Women Ask? And when they started that study, the researchers expected to confirm the long-held beliefs that women are reluctant to negotiate. In fact, what the research showed was women are just as willing to negotiate as men. In fact, they are often far more prepared when they go in to negotiate. They can present evidence about their value and what they contribute yet they are far more likely to be knocked back. And it's not about preparation. It's not about confidence. This report found that it was purely to do with gender. What's your response to that?
1: (laughs) Are you surprised? I'm, again, not surprised, just disappointed. (laughs) I'm not surprised at all. I, I get up in arms every time I hear these. Myths that get perpetuated, the, oh, a woman will only apply for a job if she ticks all the boxes men apply when they tick 60. A woman won't ask for money, blah, blah, blah. It is these harmful myths and some women hear them and think, oh, okay, well, that's an excuse. So that's where I get angry about it because I go like, oh, that's, oh, I'm just behaving like normal women do it. No, you're not. You've been sold a lie and you're buying into it. And so this is why I think any of these theories and, and why people who talk about imposter syndrome, which is actually an imposter phenomenon, and I butt heads all the time because they treat it in isolation of society and you can't do that. So what I get very upset with about all that stuff is people come out and say we need to fix women. We need to teach women negotiation skills. No we don't. <laughs> we need No we do not. No we don't. We uh we need other people making the decisions about who gets promoted and paid more. That's yep. what we need. That's what's going to change that. I just want to say has
0: has anyone ever seen a parent a woman negotiating with her three-year-old. Women are oh great God, at yes. negotiating. Don't you worry? And I don't think too? that's the problem.
1: And this is this is really interesting. I talk about this a little bit in the context of kids. Where yeah, exactly. Well, if you eat that broccoli, you can have your you know treat later or whatever, right? Like so, we're born negotiators. We have a cultural aversion as a society to negotiate, and we get get squished out of us. And because of um, we we, we tell girls it's not polite more than we tell boys it's not polite. And so I feel there's like a cultural expectation. That said, plenty of women still go, no, I'm still going to negotiate, as we've seen, um, and you get knocked back, appeal with the gender. So, look, my solution to that is not teach the women how to negotiate. It's change the people who are making the decisions about whether they get promoted or paid more. That is the problem. It is not the women. And that's why I get so up in arms about whenever imposter phenomenon is brought up, I don't care who imposter phenomenon affects. I don't care that 70% of people, it doesn't matter about gender, The women are the ones who get told they're not getting promoted or paid more because of it. They get told to fix themselves. Mm. That is not the problem. It is not the problem. I don't care if you have imposter phenomenon. The reason why that's happening on average is because of the bias within the organization. But when we use imposter phenomenon or any of those things as a scapegoat, we give the people in power who are making these bad decisions an out and they take it and we hand it to them on a platter. I get furious about this and that's why i will continue to rail against it. if i ever hear a woman told oh, i've been told i have impossible phenomenon they'll say syndrome but we know it's phenomenon because that's yes. how it was found because it's not a medically diagnosed syndrome so that no. part's made up um so uh, and then they'll be told they'll be told they'll have to go on a negotiating course and then do more training the answer is not more training it is you have the wrong decision makers uh, yes. unfortunately and your process contains bias and yes. you haven't fixed that So until that bit is fixed, um, like uh, there's a very few occasions on which I would be that. Now, I'm not saying people don't feel unconfident and if a woman feels less confident than a man, that is a product of the experience that they've had in society. It's not something wrong with them. If you've internalised that, then, yes, you're going to have work to do, but we're not going to fix that problem by fixing the individuals. We have to fix the system. So that's why I have so many run-ins with people who are adamant about imposter syndrome uh, and make money off helping people overcome it. Um,
0: oh, yes. So, yes, yeah.
1: unfortunately, I, I don't, I just, it's not it's not used in an effective way. It's treated in isolation from gender um, as a as mm-hmm. this, oh, no, it affects everybody, but that is not how it is applied and to claim it is, is quite damaging. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, I just can't fathom um, people who let leaders get away with that. That is the bit that I think is the problem. We let leaders get away with it. That's why well. I'm very excited to see the Workplace Gender Equality Agency publishing results soon, because that's not gonna, not gonna fly, I think, for much yes. longer if the, that knowledge comes public. So I'm, I think that's the more that we can do with quotas, the more we can do with publishing, the more we can do with rules and regulation, the swifter we'll get there, and then eventually we won't need those things anymore. But you've been left to your own devices for long enough, and you're going backwards. no, nah, sorry, it's yeah. time for you to have some other people looking after it for you.
0: I just think it's so fascinating how imposter phenomenon, which was the result of research by two women in the 1970s um, about um, outstanding academic and professional accomplishments by women, looking at that in a context where there was massive societal change, has. Become imposter syndrome, as you said, which then apply, implies that it is something wrong with an individual rather than it being the result of systemic, sexist, racist, biased, ableist assumptions and beliefs. Um, and of course, women are going to disproportionately re- reflect feeling imposter syndrome because they have been told for so long that this is a thing and that it is because of individual women rather than it being about the systemic issues, about the impact of traumas, of microaggressions in the workplaces, of intentional behaviour designed to exclude women and particularly diverse women as well. Um, it's, It's a phenomenon that is a systemic product, not an individual feeling and... It drives me mad when I hear that, that we, it's not an internalised feeling. It's a systemic issue, and it's a systemic issue that can only change when we make it a priority. And, we, again, we change our language, change it back to ins phenomenon. Call it for what it is about systemic biases that disadvantage women and especially diverse women. Then we start getting change, I think. Mm. Yes, I think for people that have internalised it,
1: and this is where I really struggle, there's so many women who literally do feel less confident. They do worry about this stuff. And trying to get them to see that that's a product of their environment, that unlearning that has to happen, uh, that is um, once that damage is done, there is work the individual has to do. So you still have to do that work. The best thing we could do is try and inoculate everybody against it <laughs> so they don't yes. fall into that trap. But still you won't that still won't solve the problem because the workplaces will eventually get to you.